<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not a die, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. I believe in being a part of a support system. And I also believe in never coming with a complaint without the willingness to be a part of the solution or a think tank to come up with a solution to a problem. Like, I'm not a complainer without saying, okay, well, let's fix it and let's do this. I'm just not going to complain just to complain. Absolutely not. It's annoying. Um, But I do believe that I am willing to put the work in to be a part of the solution. But I also believe you can't hold someone accountable for a problem they don't know is there. I think that's enough for so far. If you have any more questions, I hope that's enough. For that? Oh, I got plenty more questions for you. You you just made it halfway. You know, we still we still rolling, but when I tell you, no, no, I'm saying for that particular question. Hey, once again, hey, I'm like, you sure you ain't listened to this before? You sure you? I I guarantee you, I have not, and I did it on purpose because they were like, check out website. You should listen to. Do you know? I I, I looked at the website. You know, I I do, but (laughs) I'm like, you saying everything you said is the reason why we do this right here. The joy of children Hello, beautiful people. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you listen to this, I'm your host, Drake, B. Drake with Everything Culture, and we're back with another Makings of You. And once again, today, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening, we are introducing Nicole. Well, we have the blessing to meet Nicole. Nicole. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, how are you? I'm superb. I cannot complain. You know, when I woke up a little late today because we're on vacation, we could do that. So I'm just exactly. like pulling it all together. But how about yourself? <laughs> how are you? I am doing wonderful. This year is ending on a really positive note for me. There's so many big things that's happened within the past 12 months, but I can't wait to see what the new year brings. So I'm doing great. Okay, okay. Well, you know, we're getting ready for it. We got a few more days. And once again, we're so grateful for having the time for us to have sit down, have a discussion, and learn a little bit more about you. And if you never listened to the Makings of You before, if or this is your first time listening to the Makings of You or viewing us, um, the Makings of You is more of a deep dive on our guests, our future guests, but we learn a little bit more about their childhood, their upbringing, their values, their traditions. And, you know, it's like a living bio. Let's say that. But throughout this process, we're going to be asking a few questions to Nicole. Nicole can answer these questions however she feels because this is her episode. So, Nicole, are you ready to get started? I am. I'm ready to go. Okay. So, the first question we have for you is, Nicole, how would you describe yourself? I am literally crazy, sexy, cool. That's how I would describe myself. I am an intelligent, educated woman, but I'm really down to earth and grounded. Um, I believe in living life, um, not in cognitive dissonance. I do believe in positivity, but I like a touch of reality with it. Um, I can be the friend that will talk life into you, and I can be the friend that will speak death into anybody that does anything to you. Mm. Um, I'm a giver. I'm a helper. One of my gifts is service. Um, I'm a mother. And I know some people will say, oh, that's not a personality trait. It is because it's one big part of me. Um, but yeah, I'm, that's, that's just me. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. What cultures do you represent? 
I represent the African-American culture. That is my culture. How would you describe your culture? Crazy, sexy, and cool. Listen, I love... (laughs) (laughs) I love being Black. I do. I love being Black. I love the nuances. I love how how cool we can be. I love our influence on the world. I love the fact that because of our place in the world, we are able to overcome a lot of adversity, show perseverance. Um, Not saying it don't come with our problematic parts. I think every culture has that, but I think that because we are the beginning, um, we have so much of an impact. And I love that. I love the sense of community that I grew up with. Um, I love that no matter where you go, we can all relate to each other. Mm. You know, that's one thing that I love the most about it. Like we can all sit down there and have everything culture. It is the same exact experience or similar experiences, even though on the diaspora, we represent so much. So that there are, there are things that are always going to combine us together. I love that we age well. I love that, especially that we age well, um, despite everything we've gone through. And I love the fact that, um, we come with such a great um, strength and royalty when mm. we're out here. I love that about us as well. Oh, wow. I, I love that. Um, thank you so much for sharing in detail. You know, you know, we greatly appreciate it here on Everything Culture. Uh, but you touched mm-hmm. on age for a little bit. And this will be a question that I will always struggle with because my culture is from the South as well. And mm-hmm. I, I asked it for the show, just for sure, because mm-hmm. reasons. But do you mind sharing your age with us? Absolutely not. I am 43 years old. Hey, okay. 43. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you, thank you. Thank I know. The knees say something different. The knees say 75. <laughs> I ain't know that your body start aching this bad. You hmm. got this old. But 43 years old. Like, as soon as I hit 35, that's when stuff started to kick in. I'm like, wait a minute. All right. <laughs> so, what's your sign? I'm a Libra. We just had a birthday, October 20th. Oh, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I always don't know them all, but do you think you identify some of the traits that they say Libras identify with or represent? <sighs> they say we're indecisive. That is not true. I'm very decisive. Um, I think one of the things that they don't notice about Libras is that we're always in balance, meaning just as nice as you can be, that's how the dark side can be the light equals the dark um secretive no because i've heard some people say secretive however we do know privacy is key um we are definitely somebody that you want on your team absolutely always because we are great friends and companions again because we're givers we know that life isn't fair but we like everything to be fair so we're going to be the the friend to bring you balance so if you need me to give you a hug i'll give you a hug but if you need me to give you a pop upside your head i'll give you that too what's Um, necessary right when it's necessary do we love money no but we do like nice things but i think that's everyone i don't think that's just libras um however i do know that i'm a glam anything so if we're going camping we're going glamping i don't i don't want to be in no mud no dirt i don't do all that (laughs) okay i I think we're very witty i think we're very intelligent i I don't know too many leavers that are not intellectually sound um or witty um but you don't want to catch those dark sides that's what you don't want to catch i'm trying to think back Uh, maybe after um i might go and check out of all of our guests that we've had, you may be the first Libra. I'm trying to think. Usually, I keep a little bit of a mental track, but but thank you once again for joining us. And if y'all are tuning in right now, y'all are listening or y'all are watching the makings of Nicole with Everything Culture. So, where are you from? I live in Ohio. In Ohio. In Ohio. Okay. Cleveland, you, Ohio. Where do you consider home? Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Still okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll get a little deeper here. How would you describe or define your childhood and upbringing? Mm. Um, it's a good one. No one's ever asked me that. So I came from a family where um, my larger family was a very loving Christian based family. And then in my inner home, 
there was um, turmoil in the inner home. And my communication skills um, weren't so great because we always spoke in anger in our house. That's how you got to somebody when you wanted to. Um, but that was balanced off with the love that I received from extended family and things like that. Um, we were tight knit, trust me, and nobody was, no one outside of the home could do anything to us. I think that is, um, we were on the lower income spectrum, but we never felt that way. Um, because we had everything we needed most of the time. Um, so I would say I was lower class, you know, a little tumultuous, not as bad as some, but others, but I did, um, get to see both sides and was able to muck through and change that. So that's how I would describe my childhood. Thank you. How would you describe the roles of the caregivers in the household? Oh, so my father was a laborer. He worked six months out of the year and was off six months out of the year. My mother was the one who had the steady income. So a lot of the domesticated issues, um, were given to us because we were latchkey kids based upon the fact that our parents worked outside the home. But my father was the one that taught me how to cook, iron, clean, all of that stuff. Um, my mother was the one that taught me the work ethic and to go outside the home. Um, however, she did still run the home. Mm. And she was mom, you know, everything went through mom when it came to the kids. My father was like, ask your mother, ask your mother. Probably because he didn't want to hear her mouth about anything, but <laughs> but no, no, it was it was a matriarchal household for sure. My mother was the one that we feared. My father wasn't the one that we feared. It was my mother. My father was not lackadaisical, but he was more about letting you evolve properly and teaching you to be who you wanted to be. And my mother was more of a let's see how societal sees you. That's how you have to be. Mm. So, um. When I say be unapologetically yourself, that I get from my father. However, to reform what I needed to do for being unapologetically myself, that was my mother. Mm. So that's that that was the roles that they all. Mm. Yeah. But my mother was a force. She was a force to be reckoned with. My mother, my, I tell my everybody the one thing that I got from my mother was watch me do it. You say I can't, but watch me do it. And that was my mother. That's one of the coolest things about my mother. She said, oh, you said I can't do it. Watch me. That was my mom. Wow. My dad was more like, just sit back and have a beer. That was him. Live life. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Thank you. I hope y'all <laughs> listen to that, okay? that That is that is so unique, and that is... I, I appreciate that perspective. Once again, there's no wrong answers here, because this is mm -hmm. the makings of you, and nobody else can tell the world about Nicole better than Nicole. So thank you, Nicole, for sharing Thanks. sharing you with us, your transparency. Thank you. Um, do you have siblings? I do. I have an older brother and a younger sister. I'm a middle child. Do you feel like the middle child? Absolutely. There is a true thing as a middle child thing because it really is. However, my older brother was who I looked up to. So I was a tomboy. Literally, my brother makes fun of me. He said, you were the brother I, I never had until you, because he has two sisters. He doesn't have any brothers. He said, you're the brother I never had until you hit about 12 and then you decided you want to be a girl. And it was it was weird. Now you're my sister and, and I don't know how to take that. But yeah, I have a, a older brother and a younger sister. That's who you heard coming upstairs. That was my younger sister. Um, and um, yeah. Okay, okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. So... Um, so when you get, get into your siblings, um, do you have any kids or pets and things of that nature that you had to bring up? Oh, for my, my baby sister, my baby sister, for sure. Again, we were latchkey kids. My sister's about four years younger than me. So, um, there was a period in our life where my parents separated and my mother got into a relationship and that was kind of her case. Um, not that we were completely ignored, like neglected, but like that was her focus. That's the best way I can describe it. So from the age of 12 until I was an adult, my sister, I was, I was, my sister was in my charge and she was even when we were younger. You know, if you grow up with siblings, most of the time you got to take them with you and do all of that stuff. 
Um, so I basically raised my sister, my baby sister. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. How do you feel about your education and life so far? I'm, I'm good. I was good with my education. I went to magnet schools and we're in advanced programs. So I got a pretty solid education and we didn't have to pay for it. This is mm. what came with the public school systems here. I think a lot of people think that public school systems don't offer a lot of things, but they do. Your kid just has to be on the right course for it. Um, I was an excelled student from the time I was four. I could read by the time I was four. I, I literally remember taking a placement test and the question was, a lion does what? And it was meow, roar, yelp, or bark. And I could say a lion roars. I'm four. I remember reading the test, taking it, they didn't read it out to me. My mother said I carried a book around with me all the time. I love obtaining knowledge. I love learning new things. Um, so I love school. You know, it was great for me. I left school and took like six years off and then I went back to nursing school. And I've been a nurse ever since. So I love that challenge as well. Wow. I, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> You're giving all details of the questions I'd be looking for folks to give some time. But I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, um, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. This is a pleasure. So what was your first job? Yeah, like first job that you like had to get taxes taken out your check oh lord okay so i my mother sent us away to camp every summer but after the age of 13 they don't take you anymore because now you can legally be by yourself so a lot of kids will take it but my mother found this teen camp when i was 14 spent the entire summer there we were chopping wood and doing all kinds of crazy stuff and I said, you will never send me back to that place. So she said, either I'm going to send you back there or you have to go get a job. So mm. my very first job was working at Pizza Hut when I was 15. And I've been working ever since. I said it all the time. I wanted to get a cell phone. Oh, it oh my mother couldn't wait for me to get a job, Jack. I wanted a pager with the glow up, with the glow up pager. Uh. And I had to pay that bill. Uh. Um, I started there, I was started in the kitchen and doing all that stuff. I ended up a few years later being the manager of one, mm. of two of them actually, by the time I was 21. But that was my very first job. And then I made my little round robin. So, you know, you start there and then I don't want to go here and find some place else. So I went to the Wendy's across the street. And then when I moved out, I went to a Taco Bell somewhere else. So I've worked multiple places. I've had a lot of jobs. I really just sat back and thought about that like, I've had a your, lot of jobs. Look at your <laughs> whole resume, the stuff you may not right. include on it. Trust me. Right. You, stuff like, that I don't even care right. about no more. I ain't talking about that. <laughs> so, well, do you remember what, what was your first salary? What was your first pay? Like, what was the minimum? Oh, the yeah. Pay? Minimum wage at that time was $4.50 an hour. You have to remember this is in 1995, 96. 1994 or 90, 94, 95, 96, somewhere around yeah, the 90s. 90s. Yeah. So I think 450 was the minimum wage. And then if I worked the tables, then they would bump it down to $2.13 an hour. And then I would take my tips home. But because I was working back in the kitchen most of the time, then um, they would keep me at the minimum wage salary. I tell everybody, like when I got into nursing, um, as a uh, STNA or some people call them a CNA, STNA. Um, I was making $7.50 an hour. I actually had to pay for the balance of my nursing school, which was $1,296.96. I will never forget it. And at the time I was making $7.50 an hour and I had a card note. Mm. I had to work a hundred hours a week for a month. But I guarantee you when it came time to put that money down for that school on the day, it was sitting there mm. and I never looked back watch me do it okay okay mm. you love it Woof. Hey, that hard work always pays off I tell people that all the time it what does but it don't feel like it at the time it doesn't it doesn't feel like work it's sacrifice you know you got to sacrifice Facts. something to get what you need or what you want promise you that um, so what was your first sense of responsibility Mm. I took care of a lot of the household chores so I had a sense of responsibility from the time I was very young 
she has the oldest daughter and the middle child. Sometimes they don't they don't mesh. So you're taking care of things um, on a level. My brother makes a joke. He says, you always think people think you're older than me because of whatever I said. But it's also how I was taught. Um, it's on you. Mm. That's who it's on. And if you're smart and you're able to be delegated to, generally it happens. So my first sense of responsibility was at home. Mm. You better make sure that homework done. You better make sure these dishes is washed. My mother had me on a stove at five. So by the time I was 12, 13 years old, she'd call home and say, make dinner. Like, yeah. So it was, at, it was always at home. It started at home. Mm. First sense of responsibility, make sure my sister ate, brother ate, make sure we did what we were supposed to do. Started at home. So let's just say you didn't do what you were supposed to do. What was the method of discipline in the household? It depends on what you didn't do. But Nicole was smart, so it never happened very often. Um, when I got older and my brother started, you know, getting grown and heading out, sometimes it would be made to seem as if my things or something I was responsible for, I didn't do, but it was really his. Mm-hmm. So he got to kind of go out and live his life and I kind of got stuck back in doing them. So like, let's say I didn't get dishes done or the dishes weren't done because he said he wasn't doing them. Mm. Well, you saw he didn't do them. Okay, but he's supposed to do them. But you saw he didn't, so now you got to do them. So I would get woken up in the middle of the night to wash dishes. The house wasn't clean the way I like it, so I had to come back and do it. Um, not really punishments. No, you was just going to finish that work and you couldn't do anything until you did um, I like I said I was smart. Yeah. I'm not getting punished anymore, so I'm going to do exactly what I'm supposed to do um, because I don't like being in trouble. Either okay, I don't I, like I, it. I know, I know. I don't like getting fussed at either. That's my thing. Uh, like uh, you know, I'd rather get a whooping to get nagged. Do not nag me. Okay? <laughs> like, I don't care about either or. Both of them can go down the drain. Mm. I don't want anyone to come back and say anything negative about me. It would play a role in one of the lowest parts of my life later on, that mm. mindset that I was taught when I was younger. It will play a role later. Uh, we may get to it at the moment. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So what were and what are your beliefs? The, as in which? The, this is more your, specific. This is your episode. No specific to it. However you want to take it. Whatever okay. Okay, I believe empathy is king. I believe in always knowing the why. You have to have a rationale for me to understand where you're coming from. So I need to know why. Why do you believe that? Why do you think this? I believe mental health is important. It's just as important as your physical health, if not more. Because when the mind goes, the body follows. Or something happens in the mind and it manifests itself in the body. I believe in being kind and not nice. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. I believe that, um, and again, this is just for me. I believe that being a good person is a choice. Mm-hmm. That I choose to be a good person. I choose to do these things because everyone is capable of anything, given the right set of circumstances. I believe trust is given not because something is deemed unlikely, but it's deemed, I'm sorry, I believe trust is given not because something's deemed impossible, but that, that is deemed unlikely. Like, I trust that it's highly unlikely that this will actually will occur. Um, I believe in an eye for an eye. I believe in reciprocity. Mm. I believe um, that life and karma are sisters and both of them are bitches. Mm. And I guarantee you that life will do you in and karma will do you in worse than anything I could ever think of. Shout out to Rage. It will. I believe in proper communication, um, probably because it's something that I didn't grow up with. It wasn't a skill that I learned until later in life. And I believe in sometimes just sitting back and just being. You don't have to be productive in any kind of way. Um, We live in a society that tells us we have to be. And that's a lie. Drives you into the ground. Because I guarantee if your cold corpse was laying on that flow, they'd have somebody in there in an hour to replace you. So go out and enjoy your life. Sit down and don't do nothing if you don't feel like it. Um, I believe in community. It takes a village. I'm a mother. I have a son. And I cannot be everywhere every time, all the time. So the fact that we live in a community and I have a house where 
his family is and someone's always there. It's very important. I believe in being a part of a support system. And I also believe in never coming with a complaint without the willingness to be a part of the solution or a think tank to come up with a solution to a problem. Like I'm not a complainer without saying, okay, well, let's fix it and let's do this. I'm just not going to complain just to complain. Absolutely not. It's annoying. Um, but I do believe that I am willing to put the work in to be a part of the solution. But I also believe you can't hold someone accountable for a problem they don't know is there. I think that's enough for so far. If you have any more questions, I hope that's enough. For that? Oh, I got plenty more questions for you. We, we, we about to <laughs> You just made it halfway, you know. We still, we still rolling, but I tell you, no, no, I'm saying for that particular oh, no, no, question. You, you know, like, hey, once again, hey, I'm like, you sure you ain't listened to this before? You sure you? Don't? I, I guarantee you, I have not, and you, I did it on purpose because they were you like, check our website. You should listen to. Do you know, I, 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 I looked at the website. You know I, I do, but <laughs> I'm like, you saying this, everything you said is the reason why we do this right here. Absolutely, and, it's the reason respect. why I do what I do on TikTok. I mean, I be listening to, I be, I be hearing like the TV telling me about you. Shout out to T. Joe Lee, you know. T. Joe Lee, a a dive in the building. I know, good people, good people, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I, I hopped in one night. Y'all talking about some grown stuff. I said, let me slide on out. Like, <laughs> like we talk, but, that's the dive. That's the dobbing energy. See, but the, I love it. Big boys, and then you got the. They're the big niggas. It's, it's two different energies, bro. And, and I be letting y'all do y'all thing. And then, but <laughs> I, when I say the reason why we do this right here is, you know, our pillars of respect, communication, and consistency. And we have the making of you for us to get to know our guests. So when people are listening to you and you come back on, we talk about different topics. They can go back mm -hmm. and listen to this and say, okay, I can relate to them in some type of way. Or do I can see where it comes from. Because a lot of people take advice from people. They don't know nothing about like who that's how i feel who is this person that's giving me relationship advice who is this person's giving me health advice who is this person giving me advice about you know parenting or being a sibling and things in their life let's get to know folks i think that's important mm -hmm. i love people's stories i tell people that all the time i love people's stories but i think that that's such a key factor that you brought up because a lot of times people don't take the time to see where a state of mind is right where someone's state of mind is and a lot of their state of mind is based on experiences that mm -hmm. they've had, um, belief systems that they've been taught. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like open-mindedness doesn't require for me to necessarily subscribe to your thought process, mm -hmm. but to get an understanding of what the thought process is and see if it would work for me. I think we spend a lot of time howling to the moon to get people to believe the thought process that wouldn't work for them just because it aligns with what we want. And um, for me, that's not how it works. I'm, I have to know the why. I have to know the rationale behind it. And if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Right. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. right, absolutely trust me if anybody understands i understand so and i'm still <laughs> I, i'm still understanding i ain't gonna say i'm done i'm still mm -hmm. learning every single oh day. you never stop understanding you never stop growing you never stop understanding um and you're never too old to learn something and no one is ever too young to teach you absolutely that's something my grandfather taught me over the years he said i could learn something from you and you can and i'm not too old to learn and you're not too young to teach that's wisdom and that's a whole different thing right there we got to get on but whew, let's get to this next question yes sir who has been the biggest influence in your life my grandfather hmm. my my maternal grandfather literally got to me at a point where i was going at a crossroads in my life i got to growing up he was a very stoic devout christian and he held a big place in the church community up here in Cleveland. And everybody knew our family. We were that family. And um, I got to learn him on a personal level. Like when we were growing up, he was a hard worker and he was a brick mason. And when we would sit down with him, the few times that we were we would be able to talk to him, um, he always asked us questions like, tell me the seven principal parts of speech. Damn all the states. You know, he would ask you intellectual questions because he was very big in believing in education. However, once I got older and became an adult, um, before he passed away, I was able to live with him for two years and come to find out that he was this really down to earth guy 
not this stoic being that didn't have a touch on reality. He was a person who could tell you about yourself and you never get offended. And that's a gift because you're not always going to tell somebody the brightest side of themselves. Sometimes you got to call somebody to the carpet, but he was very well respected because he couldn't, and he was very wise. And I think he told me everything he needed to tell me, you know, um, he knew what I was going to do with my future before I did. And I was smart enough to realize that at the time, elders are giving you knowledge that they cannot use anymore. Like that's their purpose mm. is to give you the knowledge they did not or could not use because they were older when they learned it. Like I can't go back to my 20s and learn something, you know, change what I did then. But if I'm a 20 year old that's listening to somebody that's been there before, I could probably sidestep those minds. So if you're asking who's the most influential person, it's my grandfather because, you know, I asked him that too. I said, what is your, what is the purpose of old people? I literally said it like that. Again, I'm 20 years old. And he said, to tell you what we can't change and hope you can. Mm. Facts. Wisdom. You know, that that's probably the clip right there of your intro. To the <laughs> so I'm letting you know that all that right there, that was <laughs> amazing. Wow. Yeah. One thing, I can talk a whole another 30 minutes just about that ideology and mindset, mm -hmm. and that culture, that process. Once again, that is something different that I'm learning. That is wisdom. You know, a lot of mm -hmm. folks don't have good people in their life, such as your grandfather, that mm. would sit down and build a relationship, spend their time with you and know how to give back other than holding on. But once again, I, can, I can't go to, we, we once again, that is something, that's a, conversation when they have this up we need to have for this upcoming sunday i would but, listen i will definitely come back anytime you want to and have any conversation you would like i love conversations they are so important very that's much. why we have them yes mm -hmm. productive conversations absolutely absolutely the oh. problematic ones can go away i ain't taking them in 2023 it's on the code if you could recommend a movie a book mm. And a television mm -hmm. series. What would mm. you a movie? Venom. Venom. I'm going to tell you why. Because Venom, for me, is the architect or the archetype of the type of friend I need you to be in my life. Venom helped you even when you think you didn't need the help. Venom told you about yourself even when you didn't want to hear it. However, when your back was against the wall and you needed him most, Venom was there. So Venom would always be a movie that I would tell people like, that's the type of friend I hope I am to you. That's the type of friend I would like you to be for me. A book. Hmm. Hmm. There's so many good books. But I will always recommend The New Jim Crow. The New Jim Crow. Mm-hmm always going to recommend the new Jim Crow because for some of us who are not aware of how our thoughts are molded by specific core structures that we have going on out here I, I believe that's a good gateway book to get you to go to other places to start to see from a different perspective mm. and then a TV show House mm. I always would tell people to watch House I love the fact that he's smug and intelligent and everything, but I think you should watch it just because it's a good veg out type show where the, the lead character is kind of douchey, but relatable. So I feel like, you know, if you need a little relaxation, watch house, you know, nine seasons of good show, you know, it was great to watch the evolution of it and all that good stuff. But that's one I would recommend. Okay. Okay. I like this. So we got house house for the, well, we got House for the television show, television mm -hmm. series. Yep. We have the new Jim Crow for the book, and we Correct. have Venom for the movie. Correct. And we talking about Venom with Tom Hardy. Yes. Okay, just check it, just check it. Yes, I, absolutely. I'll, I'll say this, but one thing I'm mindful with Venom, Venom's purpose is to make you stronger. That's the Absolutely. Point. But it's how he does it. He was like, you are an idiot, but I am going to help you. Because we are together. We are symbiotic. I love Venom. He's like literally the friend I want to be. Mm. Like the friend, if you want a, the realest friend you can have, Venom is, is is the one. That's why 
That's why I say watch Venom. So I haven't watched the one with Carnage yet, but you know, I'm a comic book guy. That one is I, good. I'm not that big into it like some I see, but I used Listen, to be that is good. Spider-Man. If you can watch Carnage, watch Carnage. Okay, I'm, I'm check it out for sure. Okay, so Nicole, if you had a magical phone, okay, okay, you can pick up this phone and you can call anyone to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Who would be the top three people? And when I say anyone, anybody you know, people you've never met before, fictional people, whoever, who would you call? Mm. I don't have to have a magical phone. The three people I would always want to talk to are always in my phone. If it's for a magical phone, since are these people alive or dead? Uh, it's a magical phone. Call anybody you want to. Okay. I would definitely call my grandfather. I would like to know if he is proud of the woman that I've become that he helped make. Mm. Um, I think about him often and fondly, and I feel him, him be around me, but I would love to speak to him. Um, I have um, my friend Mac, Sir Mac McLean. We talk once a week, but he's one of the people who ground me a lot of the time, um, especially given the platform that I have on TikTok. And hmm, I'd like to call Beyonce to tell her to tell these people to chill. Tell them to, to calm down a little bit. The Beehive done gone crazy lately. And I understand this Beyonce knows his internet or Beyonce knows Carter's internet, but sometimes these people need to chill and she need to get them together. She need to gather them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I was gonna ask what people are you referring to, but the I, beehive, the I, beehive. I, I, you know, I, I, you know the have, you know the have. I, 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 I knew. The have done got out of control. I just we wanted to confirm. Get them, gather them up a little bit. They, they didn't. The have need to be a little bit more collected. Come in for the winter. That's what you're saying, okay? Listen, the have be tripping. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I've been stung before, so I'm just gonna keep it moving. What has been an impactful moment <laughs> in your life? That's hard. Jeez, because I had so many. I hate to sound corny. The birth of my child was the most impactful moment I've ever had. It was the scariest moment I've ever had in my life. Not simply because I went through complications. I remember I'm in labor, it's getting rough. And I remember laying there. He was in a little bit of fetal distress, but that's not why I was scared. Um, I didn't get the sense like dread, but I'm sitting there with oxygen on my face and they got to say, okay, Nicole, it's time to push. And I start to cry. And my mother's standing there next to me. um, And she was like, why are you crying? And I said, because I'm terrified. Mm. And she assumed that I was terrified because I was about to push. It's not that. I was terrified of what was to come afterwards so she said the only way to get it done now is to you know that's the only way the baby's gonna come out now is to push and you know then I delivered my baby and then um he got sick right afterwards his blood sugar dropped to 25 and to rush him out to the NICU I think the realization of what an undertaking I was now about to come upon because again although I'm feeling the baby kick it's a concept to me now I'm really about to be a parent. Now every thought, every action, everything I do from here on out now impacts another human being that is in my stewardship for such a short amount of time. I know people think 18 years is super long. When I tell you mine is going on 13 and it's literally blinked and zoomed by, I don't have much time left. Will I be able to guide him? Will I pass on things to him that I don't want to pass on? Will we, um, you know, will he feel loved? Will he feel connected to his community? Will he go to the right school? Will I feed him the right food? Well, heck, will I make sure he got t-shirts on? Um, Do I really need to battle him at tub time? Like every decision is literally thing. I tell people being a parent is the biggest mind gymnastics you'll ever have in your life because you love someone so much and you don't even know them. But think you don't know yourself and y'all grow together y'all grow together so it was just at that moment i realized like yeah it ain't a concept no more sis 
it's it's real. I don't know why the contractions didn't make me feel that way, but the moment they said it's time to push, it got real. And that was the most impactful moment of my life. It changed everything for me. Everything. How I saw life, how I viewed things, what belief systems I had prior, everything changed in that moment. Wow. So that was the most impactful. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, they and them. Hey, that's what we kind of pack for right there. You know, mm-hmm. that, that is an example of, um, you know, you don't have to be the, you know, this is the the perfect response from Nicole. That's what I say. Let me put it that way. It, you know, once again, I can speak about that. We'll talk later, but thank you. We really do appreciate your transparency and openness with us um you know if y'all just not tuning in or uh, watching and listening uh, you're listening to the makers in the code with everything culture podcast um you know you can find us anywhere you listen to a podcast you know thank y'all so much for coming on and getting to know more about nicole this has been an absolute treat um man nicole yes what is your theme song not a stain on me that big tuck. <laughs> Where you from again? How do you even know that? What do you mean? Don't do us like that. Don't do, don't hey, do the hey, like that. Know, I'm South Sea for Lil. I'm from Third Coast. What y'all know about Tuck, right? Listen, first of all, it is literally the epitome of how I feel when I step out the house. There's my dim boys fresh, but they not this sunny. When I walk by, he just smell like money. Big Tuck, not a stain on me, is my theme song. I said what I said. Y'all hear that Dallas, Texas? You know, y'all would have made it up to uh, Cleveland, Ohio. What you mean? We been listen. Don't play us. You already know Scarface and Tila and all them been up here for years. Don't play us like Texas. Uh, Come on, don't do that to us. I'm learning new people were coming coming at the south in an inappropriate way. So we just got to make sure when we own, we gonna make sure we own. You know. Well, tell Tuck he up here. We feeling okay. Tell Tuck we up here. Things already, already. See, you know, some people may say wipe me down, but they don't know about not a stain on me. You feel me? That's not a stain on me. That's I don't want saying. your girl Pippa. She just saw yeah. told me. Get to the, oh, listen, cool. don't do me. That is a different experience. Who wouldn't love that song? We ain't get started giving me little goosebumps right here. We got to get, <laughs> get back to it. We got to get back right. to you. Okay. So, Nicole, how would you define joy? Ooh. A restful night's sleep. Mm. That is joy. That simple. A restful night's sleep. Love it, love it, love it. What privileges do you benefit from? Oh, I benefit from feminine privilege. I benefit from um, mommy privileges. Um, We talk about that a lot. um, That a lot of the privileges that We want to say that there are not privileges that are specific towards women, but there are. There are some things that don't benefit women, but there are things that do. So I definitely benefit from those. I benefit from mommy privileges because they treat me a certain way because I'm a mother. Um, I benefit from my age privilege, believe it or not. Mm. I haven't heard that one yet, but I... I'm going to tell you how, because these young, younger men are going to look at me like a maternal figure. Should. But go ahead. No, I mean, they don't, listen, they look at me different ways. However, there's a level of respect I get because I am what they would consider an elder. I We have to realize we have to age now. I, we didn't... I, ju- I just did a we TikTok last now. week. I, I'm unk now. You know, you are unk. you are OG. So, so, so I had to really, mm-hmm. you are unk and some, OG. Fellas, some fellas may not like that. I'm like, I take that's respect because everybody don't get the unk status. Mm-hmm. You listen, I definitely they don't call me auntie. However, I carry myself a certain way, and of course, the ki- you know the, the kids know me. Some there's a there's an elderly quality that the kids just aren't gonna pass because you know sometimes we let elders get away with things. Mm-hmm. Um, they shouldn't get away with because they're elders and we were taught to respect our elders. So I'm realizing now that I'm benefiting from that privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm benefiting from that privilege. I said, I, I did a video and it said, we have to realize that our names are the new Barbara and Shirley and that we are no longer just like Nicole and Tina and 
you know, Veronica. Now we're the new Barbara Shirley and them, and, and you know your, you know your Andres and your Deontes. Y'all the new Willie Earl and them. Like y'all have to realize we we're there now. Um, we're there. I had one name recently they were calling around. That's why I'd be thinking about that. I cannot think of it at the moment. It wasn't Dave. Hey, Leroy. Listen, uh, it's something recent. Daquan. Daquan. Anything with a Tay on the end. Shante, Leonte, anything like that. We are now the elders. We now have names that are synonymous with elders at this point. So now, you know, that's us now. So I do benefit from that privilege. Amazing. Definitely from that. Amazing. Wow. Once again, thank you, Nicole. We, we, how you feeling? How you feeling? I'm feeling wonderful. I can keep going. Okay, we'll keep going then. So in what areas in your life do you need to heal? Hmm. I have a grace issue with myself. So this is how this plays back to how I grew up. I am what they call a perfectionist. I do, um, and I'm not going to say suffer, I say battle from a um, high functioning anxiety and depression. Mm. And I have for quite some time. And I wanted to say it started after with postpartum that never got treated because I did have depression after I had my kid. However, never got treated. But I think it started before that. I'm what you call a perfectionist. I don't want you to say anything bad about me. I don't want to let anyone down. Um, I felt invisible, not seen. Again, middle child, invisible, not seen, not heard. So I felt like if I proved that I was this worthy person, that you would see me and hear me that um, I would be that of value to you. I would allow people space that shouldn't have it because again, I want you to feel like, I want you to feel my value. And in February of this year, I had a severe anxiety attack at work. Now, again, I've been a clinician for over, for almost 20 years. Um, so I don't know where this came from. However, I had the panic attack and it sent me into therapy where I found out this about myself and the counselor said one thing to me he said why are you so judgmental and I said I am not judgmental and he said oh no you are not judgmental to everybody but you are to yourself he said you would never be as mean to people outside as you are to yourself Mm. that was a realization right there that I have a grace issue that I had to learn to give myself grace because I give grace to others didn't give it to myself that was one of my biggest problems. That's the biggest thing. I don't give myself grace. Wow. Wow. My, ooh, once again, we're going to keep it rolling. Thank you for sharing. Because <laughs> we can get into that, but we ain't going to get into all that right now. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Um, who's in your community of support? Oh, my job is in my community support. Outside of my family, I have a best. I have two best friends that I've had since I was 13 and 16. They are still there. I have, still have both of my parents. I have my siblings. Um, but it really, yeah, I have my, both my parents, my siblings, and my son. I have, um, I was his, uh, I've been a team administrator for his football team for years. So I have all of my other little babies and their parents whose lives I touch. But my Dob family, especially my Dob family, they are definitely um, supportive um, in making sure that prayers is okay. So I, I got a lot of people like I'm I'm very lucky. And I think that that came out of making the space that I wanted for myself and creating a space that I've always wanted. Oh, excuse me. And then outside of that came everything else. Okay. When did you realize you were different? I've always known I was different. I've never thought like everyone else. I've known I was different from the time I was younger. I just noticed that there was something about me and something about a light that radiated off me that people wanted to dim. And they worked very hard to do so. So I had to work to make sure that I was okay with that light shining and that nobody could dim it. But as small as five, I knew some I was different. That small. Love it, love it. Um, what traditions does your culture or family or community hold when someone passes away? Well, someone's always going to be at the house bringing food over to the home. 
There's always going to be a viewing and a wait and a long service. Um, that's a celebratory of life and then a repast. And then you're going to go to the gravesite and put your loved one to rest. And then you're going to go back home and eat some more. And then you're going to go through the mourning period. Like anyone else in this community. I'm, I'm sure some people have variations, but that's the way it is for us. And I ask that because, you know, we have all different type of people listen to everything culture you know mm -hmm. um and everyone doesn't celebrate the same way we celebrate some people you know once again which you talk, i was big on talking about our process and how do we mourn mm -hmm. and we, you know the steps and process that we go through mm -hmm. at this time so you know when we hear different people because i've been shocked and amazed throughout these conversations so mm -hmm. i absolutely appreciate you sharing that with us um and with our audience as well so Nicole, your biopic yeah. is coming up. Okay. Who would you want to direct your biopic? Who would you want to play you in your biopic? And would you want it to go to theater or do you have a specific network or um, streaming site you would have wanted to go on? I don't know if I would want to buy a pick. I'm not sure if I would want to buy a pick, but if I had a biopic, who would I want to play me? I feel like I look like Jill Scott. So I like Jill Scott's acting. I ain't even going to hold you. I like so Jill, Jill Scott. So Jill Scott could too. play me. I like Jill Scott. Okay. Okay. So Jill, Jill Scott could play me just because, in honor of this network that has done so much for my life. Lifetime. Put it on Lifetime. Put it on Lifetime. Don't you don't listen. have to go to theaters. Put it don't on listen. Lifetime. Don't listen to my most recent episode. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on. Put it on the Woman Beater channel. Listen. Go ahead. You know, listen, we don't watch Snaps. And honor Snaps. Um, Put it on Lifetime. And then why wouldn't I want Ryan Coogley to direct it? Ryan Coogley. Okay, look at you. I mean, he gave us Black Panther. Like, don't do me. So you about to have some action and some oh, some severe drama. Oh yeah, this, listen. Scene. Okay, if, you know I'm, I may be like you know the, the equalizer. You know what I'm saying? However he wants to write. The and that's, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I just, I mean, like I I'm just. I'm sure he said, could direct a dramatic piece. I'm sure. I just said Lifetime movies. Like, oh my God, the women in my family. I'll go through it. <laughs> all in there watching some crazy. Like they watch it all day long. It's real. It's it so real. Different. And just give it to us. Just, just. I'll let y'all have it. Let have it. Just let's have it. I said, I said. So, I mean, they put the Clark sisters on Lifetime. I don't I, have to be better than the Clark sisters. I know, I know. But I'm telling you, on time Lifetime, I'll be walking by and they, I was like, I still watching Lifetime. I'm like, yes, we are. I see Jill Scott. I'm like, wait a minute, what are we watching here? Let me sit we down with y'all real quick. <laughs> and keep your judgments to yourself. We are, and we sit up here watching it. <laughs> oh my goodness, do y'all thing. You see Lifetime on the, you see Lifetime on the TV, man. You see Lifetime on the TV, mind your business. Just go on somewhere. Hey, just, hey, fellas, watch out. Don't just go out. <laughs> Bring something back when you come home because they're going to be in a ball of emotion. They're going to be looking at you at the corner of your eye. Wings. All flats. We got wings. All flats. <laughs> get better and better. Okay, we relate. Thank, mm -hmm. thank you, T, for putting this together. So, okay. <laughs> if money wasn't a problem, you know, mm -hmm. you had enough money to take care of all the issues, not only your, yours, but the people you support, you know, well. Mm -hmm. But you had to have one job, one career. What would you want to do? Nursing. What I'm doing now. Being a nurse. There's nothing else I could think of. And I, trust me, during that pandemic, it had me thinking, like, could I, I, I could be a cross-country truck driver. Like, do I start my own business or something? Like, I can't do it. But when I really sat back and thought about it, there is nothing else that I would want to do with my time here left on this earth. Nothing. So I'm doing it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. We got a few more questions. You're, you're rocking okay. and rolling. Okay. Okay. Yes, All right. So this is um, a would you rather. So okay. would you rather go back in time and speak mm -hmm. to your younger self? Or would mm -hmm. you rather your future self come and talk to you now? I'd rather go back in time and speak to my younger self. Mm. What age? Because my younger self, had, I would go back to 
13 was the turn for me. Mm. And I would go back to that time. You know, you get those questions a lot. Like, would you, could, if you could go back to being 20, first of all, if I can't go back and take what I know with me now, I don't want to go back. Yeah. If I can't take what I've learned and how I've grown with me now, but 13 was the turn for me. That was the age where life started turning for me, um, where the decisions I made affected things down the line. So I would go back and talk to my 13 year old self. Definitely. Do you think 13 year old Nicole will listen to Nicole of now? I think so. I think I would have listened to me. First of all, I believed in that kind of stuff back then. So I definitely wouldn't think I was crazy. But 13 Nicole had enough sense to listen to those who came before. Hmm. I was never one that didn't get it, that the advice that was given. And I pretty much followed what people I trusted and valued said. I pretty much did that. Um, but definitely, I wasn't like one of those rebellious teenagers. I was still kind of kept in line. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, but I would definitely go back to 13-year-old Nicole and talk to her. Okay, love it, love it. How do you relax? Oh, I lay in the bed. I lay in the bed with a remote control and my phone on the charger. That's what I do. I lay down. I lay down. That's it. Real relaxed. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, my favorite question. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what my favorite question is. You had one meal that you can have at a snap of your finger anytime you snap it. Smother pork chops with rice and gravy, cabbage. That's my favorite dinner. And Smother who would pork make chops. It? Who would make it? Swag kitchen. Swag. Swag. Kitchen. Swag. If I'm not making it, swag will make it. Smother pork chops. Okay, look Absolutely. at you. You sure you ain't listening to this? You, you, you have I'm positive I didn't you, listen. I promise. You feet with that one. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, because I already know it's it's a it's a no brainer. <laughs> this is who's going to be cooking that meal. I'm going to be in my bed with my remote within pinky finger distance and an ice cold Pepsi. That's hmm. I already know. Oh, I haven't had Pepsi in years. See, but you know that's that's something I really do value because people be lost in their sauce. Either it's the um. Either it's the question about what's your theme song or when it comes down to food. They take I have to pause the video and everything. Like, pause the recording. I know me. <laughs> I know me, which is why I tell people all the time, you can never use me against me. Mm. I know me better than you know me. Let them so know. So you can never come and say something about me and it hurts my feelings. You don't know me. I know me. Mm. So don't worry about it. <laughs> so then when I you mean. ask me these questions, oh yeah, I know this answer. And that's that's easy. I thought you were going to ask the hard questions was like, I'm like, ooh, the movie. That was the hardest one. Like, okay. We want to get to know you because this is the makings of Nicole. And once again, this is beautiful and I'm loving it. Okay. We just got around by three, four more questions. All right. We good. Let's go. Let's All right. What are you doing differently than your parents? Ooh, um, open communication with my children or my child and showing my humanity to my child. I think that's the biggest part. Kids are resilient. And once you're relatable, kids really listen. Um, I had a conversation with my son the other day. I was just trying to explain to him how my anxiety was playing a role on why I wasn't sort of moving the way like I normally do. And once he heard the conversation, he helped me out with something and he said, I'm working on something for you, Ma. And then when I came home, he had done something like clean my room. Um, I think if my parents had showed us more of the human side of themselves, you know, you, I, and I don't know if it's for the fact that you think it would take away from your authority mm. um, or your respect from your child. But believe it or not, I get more respect and my child values what I say more simply. Like I said, it works for me simply because I show him that I am a human as well. I'm not superhuman. I have feelings and thoughts and emotions and dreams. And while your life at this moment takes priority, that doesn't mean that I don't have to think of myself. Um, also open communication with my kid. I allow him to express his feelings and talk to him. And that was something that wasn't done in my home. Do as I say, not as I do, don't give me no talk back. That doesn't work because I said so never worked for me because it doesn't give you a why. Like, why are we doing this? You see what I'm saying? So. Those are the things that I do differently. Other than that, I pretty much um, do pretty much what my parents did. But those are big things. So it changes a lot of the, excuse me, a lot of the concepts, like with discipline and things like that. Wow. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. What cultures do you want to see? Well, what changes do you want to see in your culture? Uh, uh, I would like for us to stop not listening to each other. Mm. I think with all the diasporas, we're tending to play the struggle Olympics within the same culture, which allows other people to come into our culture and change things around and divide us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that comes simply from just wanting to be heard, but not wanting to listen. Mm. And I wish that's what we could do differently. Mm-hmm. I wish we could bring back a village mentality. Mm. I wish that we would stop keeping secrets. Mm. At one point it was needed for us to keep our community together and it's not like that anymore. And there are certain secrets that we shouldn't keep. Mm. And certain secrets we should let go. And yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I am with it. Hey, well, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. How would you want people to remember you? I would want people to say she was a real one. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm perfect. Not that I um, had it all figured out, but that I was real, mm-hmm. um, authentic, relatable. That what I said I meant and what I meant I said. When I said I do something, I would do it. Um, I want them to remember me in a more positive light than negative because everybody comes with negative. Everybody comes with their own set of things. But hopefully, if I've ever impacted your life, it was in a positive way. Yes. Authentically. Love it. Being genuine. Integrity. Absolutely. Because who else can you be? That's where people get in trouble trying to be something they're not. Baby, be you. Why would I want to be anyone else when I'm so dope? Why? I say it all the time. But that's why we do to make it with you. We get to know who we mm. talk to, know who we with. Just a little bit. This is, not, this is not everything. This is just a glimpse. This is like a... Yes, absolutely. There's way more. Yes. Way more. However, I think this is a great thing, by the way. I think this is a wonderful thing. Thank you. And we appreciate you being with us today. Um, and I'm, I appreciate everybody listening, seriously, and just taking Nicole in. Hopefully, they can learn a little bit. Hopefully, they reach back to some of their community and some of their family if they have it or to find you and not only that mm-hmm. comes to our last question for the makings of Nicole and that is how can we support you how can everything culture and our community or your community support you I would love for everyone to come and support the DOP movement that we have going on which really focuses a lot on the mental health and well-being of men and men of a larger stature. In the process of us supporting those men, we find clarity in a lot of ourselves as women. And we have become this great big community of support and fellowship and diversity because we have people from all makes of life. from all the ends of the spectrum, whether it be class or, you know, um, ethnicity, nationality or race. We we have people in Scotland that watch us. We have people in Canada about border. But anything that supports um, growing as a person and doing it in a healthy manner. You know, um, the Dob initially started, or the Den of Big Boys initially oh, started. I was going to ask you, what does Dob stand for? The you? Den of Big people, Boys. If you said people five, with the Den of that. Big Boys, yes, the Den of Big Boys started um, to give light and shine light on a fabulous group of individuals like our big men, um, who their entire life have been the biggest men in the room and taken the least amount of space. They've come into the room and they haven't always been treated with kindness and respect and dignity. Um, And for us to shine a light, to show that these men have feelings and purpose. They have women who love them and adore them just as they are to be loved on unconditionally and unapologetically. And it's grown into a space where now we 
all as a collective want to grow as um, humans, as people to be better for one another. So if you see anything related to me or Thick Nick Jack or um, anything like that, just supporting that would be great. Love it, love it, love it. And it goes into now, well, first, Nicole, you've done it. You did it. You've completed completed the makings of you uh, with everything. Hey. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> if the people are looking for you and you're trying to mm-hmm. be found, where can mm-hmm. they find you? So you can find me on TikTok at Thick Nick Jack or Thick Nick Jack 2. You can also find me on Instagram at Thick Nick or Den of Big Boy. And you can also find me on Facebook under Nicole. So you can look for me there. Okay. Okay. Y'all heard it right there from the source. And y'all know y'all can find everything culture. That's a A, not an I. At anywhere you type in everything culture, you can go straight to our website at everythingculture.com. But we want to say thank y'all so much. We greatly appreciate y'all. Um, make sure to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment if you have, and if you want to give us a call and join our Sunday happy hours, we'd love to have you. They'll have you as well every Sunday. 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We get together on Zoom. We stream on Facebook and we stream on YouTube. And we just have collective conversations each week about our upcoming guests as well as about things that happen in the world and our most recent episodes. But we want to say thank you again so much. God bless. Peace.